Alex, I see the most recent uh, episode of Expanding Horizons posted with two whole people on it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I heard it was a pretty good <laughs> podcast, actually, to be honest. Wait, is there actually just two people on it? It's just me and Abe. Incredible. <laughs> and neither of who voted for the book that's, <laughs> that they ended up reading. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, we just invited some schmucks to make us read a book, and then we schmucks. read it. So wait, what happened? Could people like not make the podcast, the record date, or did people no, just not read the book? Nobody read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big troll move. All right, we're all gonna vote like, for this book. Vote for it. Nobody reads it except for the people who didn't vote. Dude, for I it. should sign Dude. up and just nominate the shittiest <laughs> fucking books. Like four days before we were supposed to record, I'm figuring out who's read and who's not read the book. Nobody's read it. I'm like, great, great. All right, well, Caleb will probably finish it because you know he usually does didn't he was moving tried. get pranked uh and i was like well abe for sure read it he just reads all the time he probably read it no problem and talked to abe oh no i didn't read it this month freaking what are you doing abe <laughs> i want to have a one-man cast and he's like oh okay i'll read it so then he read it four days before we were supposed wow. to record abe coming in clutch honestly i, I wish i would have heard what a one-man cast was going to be like so alex what do you think are your thoughts just i don't know alex just a review <laughs> It'd just been a book review. It'd have been like, everybody I read sucks. This book. I mean, this book <laughs> sucks. Hey everybody, welcome to The Forecast, episode 94. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced on Thursdays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash wearethehorizoncommunity or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com or you can come hang out on our Discord channel, which has anybody actually been on the Discord channel? Uh, I mean, I was on it for a brief minute. I did okay. moderate some posts. Okay, that counts. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you can also go check out our website. Like I mentioned, we have a ton of original content on there for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which gets pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. Uh, I am Aaron. I'm joined by a couple additional people. Alex. Hello, that is me. Jake John. Uh, that's me. Hi. Caleb. That's me. And Owen. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Oh my gosh, this is this is two weeks in a row. Right. Yeah, this is I, I want two, everyone to feel included when listening to this wonderful podcast. Two, two casts in a row. Two yeah. casts in a row, not two weeks in a row. That wouldn't make any sense because we do this fortnightly. Um, okay, instead of starting with what we always do, Alex has a special segment for us. <laughs> Since we're starting this new year, we'll start it with a new special starting a Alex new decade. segment. Yeah, new we decade, should call this podcast. something. We should call this like Alex so, time. Yeah, so or, so ten years from now when we do it again. Yeah, no, no, we'll no, no, no. We're just gonna do this the all is. the time. This is this is a thing every yeah. podcast night. Oh, every, I just have to have a day. segment at the beginning yeah, yeah. of every podcast. You get a new yeah. okay. daily podcast called it's Alex like, Time. Like Al Borland <laughs> when he gets his segments on Tool Time and they're like really short and Tim just interrupts halfway through. That's what we're gonna do here. You get to hey talk everybody. for like, welcome to Alex Time. It's a podcast within a podcast. Yes, see, it's <laughs> really original. It. I've never heard of this before. Is <laughs> it like you do a short podcast and then we all listen to it and then we comment on it afterwards, like yeah, in yeah. our 
broader podcast. No, you guys yeah, are just also, guests every week. I'm going to have oh, like an intro song playing right here for his like podcast within the podcast. <laughs> and then we'll have an outro and it'll space, say special thanks to Alex, of course. And then we'll just talk over everything. It'll be fine. Great. It's like the the Adventure Zone zone. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, or Munch Squad would be the Munch Squad's podcast within podcast. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's get the show on the road. Let's yeah. go. So okay. Anyway, so this is um, since we just are entering a new decade. There's a lot of top games of the decade lists coming out. Uh, and I looked at a bunch of them and they seemed really bad. But this one <laughs> I found is uh, called the top 10 video games that defined the 2010s. So it's not necessarily like the best games, but the ones that kind of shaped how the industry changed over the last 10 years. So I thought this was pretty good. Uh, first one on this list is Dark Souls, which is kind of obvious, I think. I mean, it, it kind of yeah. created its yeah. own genre of yeah. Souls-like games. So Of the Strand-like games? No. <laughs> There's only one. Number two, Death Stranding. It created all the Strand game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the only argument against Dark Souls is that Demon Souls came out before the last decade. Yeah. yeah I just think nobody likes that game. <laughs> Did Demon Souls come out this decade? No. 20, okay. 2009. That's close enough. We round up. So they couldn't. They couldn't say Demon Souls. Right. Dark Souls I mean, is really the one that actually like made that stuff take off though. Yeah. I think so. so yeah. Souls like for people who don't play a lot of video games, all that means is just that you just die a lot, right? Uh, you have to like, dodge and parry a lot it's of it's challenging things. and usually like the convention of having a bonfire like some kind of checkpointing system that restores health and mana yeah like a souls equivalent that you're collecting that you can lose at any time yeah I, i'd say mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty specific genre really yeah i think it even the, needs the level design with all the shortcuts that cut back yeah the combat is usually like a measured pace like lots of uh Focus on animation and dodging and that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, stamina based, even. Take it a step further. Yep. Uh, second one on this list is Minecraft. Okay. Yeah. I figured Minecraft yeah. was going to make the cut. I, yeah. I, I assumed Minecraft is probably going to, like, Minecraft and Fortnite are probably going to be, like, the top two most, like, impactful games of the decade, Breaking. I would say. Fortnite, get out PUBG, get come on. I mean, look, I like <laughs> PUBG better than Fortnite. I think Fortnite Actually, is just garbage. You can't even it, say I you can't, can't deny its cultural impact. I mean, it's fucking everywhere. It's made multiple people millions of dollars. I mean, the truth is though, we can't even say PUBG, you gotta say H one Z one. So well, we'll get that. Whatever. Oh, really? Anyway, you got to movie Battle Royale. That's true. So the movie Battle Royale is one of the most I feel like Minecraft games. had this um this weird story this decade like it was super super popular at the beginning and then kind of petered off and then somehow returned towards the end of the decade again yeah it's weird with a vengeance too because it's, yeah i mean super super popular and like towards the beginning of the decade there was all these like ripoffs that you'd see on steam all the time that were clearly just minecraft but somebody else made it and it's worse it's, that's kind of a weird name for your game but i, I like that it cuts <laughs> right to the quick Anyway, uh, next one on this list, Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. And I've never heard of this game. Is that... <laughs> must be like a new release. It came out 11, 11, 11, right? Damn right. Yeah, I think it did. The yeah. first time. Yeah, yeah the, the first, first time. The first of eight. Something. Yeah. Which I know it's like a meme at this point, but still like probably one of the most influential RPGs that's ever come out. Dude, I mean, as, we, yeah. as we move forward, it's going to be like the doom of video games, but for like 
you know the 2010s the doom of yeah. video people, games no no wait wait, wait. Doom hear me doom out might people be are the gonna doom keep, of video games people are gonna keep, no wait wait keep, people are just gonna keep like scoping it down till it's on smaller and smaller devices until somebody someday somebody's playing skyrim on just a single like uh key uh, like key on your keyboard yeah like they've done with doom or on one of those <laughs> one of those uh stereoscopes mm. yeah, yeah. this is gonna be skyrim I think that's Quake, though. I'm calling it. No, it's Doom, I'm pretty sure. Is it Quake? I, Whatever I, it is. I think Doom is correct. Well, the specifically st- on the stereoscope thing, I think that was they were playing Quake. Anyway, the point is Skyrim is a very popular video game that kind of shaped how open world stuff went. I mean, holy hell, my girlfriend is currently playing it right next to me on Switch right now. So, like, <laughs> that's all it takes. If Owen's girlfriend is playing and it, it must be amazing. It's, it's also there. probably the reason why, like, everything has to be an open world game now. Yeah. Yeah. All the games are open world games. Anyway, uh, next on this list, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, Which, you, you know. Uh... Well, dude, somebody had to just really come out with a game that took, like, long load time so that everybody can take time to preload assets into games. Just mm. like have really long loading screens, and GTA made it made it happen. <laughs> they did a good job. Yeah, I guess but, any big Grand Theft Auto release was going to make <laughs> an influential list, but okay. But, that's but why specifically GTA though? I mean, like heists. What what makes it so? I don't know. It's just ridiculously popular. Yeah, I don't know why. It still makes but, like but this list tons is the most tons popular. Of money. You even specified that it's not yeah. most popular. I, it's most I said it wasn't the best games. This is most influential if it's influencing the most amount of people. Mm. Okay. Touche. I don't know. I think probably it's the online mode, maybe. Cause... Like, didn't 4 have an online mode? Am I, I wrong think about it that? tried to, it, but it was mainly just like kind of doing co op missions on. Like uh, that, that in like a world that already kind of existed. Whereas this, there's a lot more. Like you do the heists, and there's the racing, and all of the different modes. Like there's a, a battle royale mode, and a team deathmatch mode, and a capture the flag thing, and a race thing, and there's um, even like a race war thing. And like there's so oh. many different things to do in this game that it's almost every game at once. So it's also, just like free or, and open, and like people are just running around. Yeah, well, yeah. For what it's worth. What'd you but say? Just, just comparing it versus 4, like, it's much more advanced in what it can do. It's, like, do basically a mini MMO, sort of. Do you think it, like, the idea of that game is what has inspired this new uh, guy movie? Yes. That movie. I'm sure. Well, free, 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 free guy. guy. Free guy. You're right. Free guy? Free yeah, guy. it's... Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds is an NPC and realizes that he's an NPC and then starts teaming up to take out all of the players. What a stupid name for a movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a very stupid name, name for a movie, but it seems like a very interesting concept of a movie. Well, his name is Guy in the yeah. in the game or whatever. It's not really a good reason, but that's fine. We can move on. Uh, next one on this list, Telltale's The Walking Dead. Okay. <laughs> was it that the first Telltale? So I can see uh, where they're coming man. from yeah. with this because adventure games were dead, right? And sure. they released this game and it kind of revitalized an entire genre. Like, are there really many out there? Maybe I'm ignorant because I, all I know of is this and Life is Strange that are really in this genre. 
There's like the heavy rain, right? And the uh, it's like um Detroit like oxen free kind of okay yeah uh, okay even things like uh, I would even go far as as far as to say like Firewatch. I think heavy yeah. rain might. It was before The Walking Dead. Okay. Heavy rain came out in 2010. Oh dang. And the Walking Dead season one looks like it's 2012. So heavy. I rain. just remember this being kind of like a watershed <laughs> moment for adventure games and for Telltale specifically, and that's the reason why they rapidly okay, grew so now. fast oh. and then went bankrupt. And then died. Yeah, <laughs> they we went different directions. They like hyper expanded and then like collapsed in themselves because they couldn't like generate enough sales after like after a short time. Yeah, took on too many projects at once, all that kind of stuff. Now they're now they're doing stuff again. Yeah, they're back alive. They like got bought by some foreign company, and they're making Tencent. Did they really get bought by Tencent? <laughs> I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Like best case, I'll give you. They were bought by a different company. That's making Wolf Among Us yeah. two now. Caleb, what so, was the movie we weird. saw with the Tencent logo on it? The preview. I don't know. There was some preview that had a Tencent logo <sighs> at the theater the other day. It could have been Free Guy, actually. It might have been. And then next one on this list, just to. Uh, who was right here? Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah, <laughs> got him. Which I think is the clear, clearly the more influential game over Fortnite because yeah. Fortnite doesn't happen unless unless PUBG, PUBG happens. happens. That's true. Yeah. You do need you do need PUBG first. I would say PUBG doesn't happen unless H one Z one happens, but really it's like the same guy. Yeah, right. Because he he branched out and ended up making making PUBG. Isn't that the same person? Was H one Z one or Daisy? It's Daisy. No. It's H1Z1. Well, H1Z1 is a different... I don't think H1Z1 is a thing that PlayerUnknown worked on. I think PlayerUnknown was in, like, Arma. Yeah, what and was Daisy. the mod called? Whatever. Whatever it was called, It's that's where it started, was in, uh, in uh, yeah. Arma. They made that standalone mod for it. But I kind of agree. I think Fortnite wouldn't have... I mean, I'm sure it may have come out, but it would not have probably gathered as many players actually no, they in, probably wouldn't even have made it because in this they had article, their other it does, game it does say that brendan green worked on h1z1 okay mm -hmm. i thought so okay and like all that other stuff too arma 2 daisy but yeah this is i mean it got incredibly huge almost overnight uh epic decided to basically throw away the game that they've been working on for years and turn it <laughs> into a battle royale and somehow shift that to be the primary mode it was I, a not great game that they had worked on for years. So really, because yep. that was the thing. Like, remember seeing the trailer for the original like Fortnite of what it was supposed to be, and I was like, "Wow!" Like zombies and crafting, and like this seems like such a cool idea and a cool game. And then all of a sudden, it was like a battle royale, and it was nothing like the trailer that I had seen. And I was like, "Oh, I have no interest in this. I already play a battle royale." And then like the day after that, it's like, "Oh, hey, here's like." a billion goddamn people playing it and like kids are dancing all crazy now and i'm like oh <laughs> kids okay. are dancing all crazy that's how you know damn millennials man <laughs> think about all of the battle royale games that have spun off of just PUBG. not yeah. only battle royale specific games but other games that have adapted some of their multiplayers to having battle royale that's true in, yeah in call of duty yeah you know, that's a pretty one call big of duty and yeah, it's a pretty big name to have just be like, you know what, we're going to add this game mode. 
important. Have a enough. battlefield one as well. Probably. Mm, I mean, there I is. Be surprised. I don't know if it actually ever came out or not. Hmm. They announced one to go with five. Uh, next thing on this list: Amnesia: Dark Descent. Oh, okay. bring him, bring him yeah. back to horror yeah. genre. Yeah, no, I mean, that I mean, was there really are so many a huge genre there. for some time. Dark it still was before is. Bay of Pigs. Yeah. Yeah, Machine for Pigs, pa- machine for yeah. pigs was right. a thing in Cuba, and it was after that, <laughs> for the record. Yeah, uh, that one was the second one. That was a sequel. This was the first one that, yeah, you know, it was popularized by YouTubers, and then all these other horror games started coming out that kind of mimicked the style. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a really good pick. Um, next game is Pokemon Go. Yep. Okay, fine. People out of their chairs go back outside. Very unique title. And now, actually, that's the later decade one, and you're starting to see like the the fall off of Pokemon Go, like the all the other games that are coming out that they're trying to mimic the yeah. gameplay style. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Harry Potter one that's done by the same exact people. Yeah, yeah. the the, the Minecraft, Minecraft, Minecraft one. one. Yep. Yep. There's a Minecraft one? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah, like that's crazy. Sure, we'll see more of that to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Dota Two. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's surprising to me that that's it's Dota Two and not League. Yeah, I was gonna say when did League of Legends but, come out though? Then again, that's true. Dota, I think, was actually first because it was originally a mod on World so, of Warcraft. Here's Starcraft. the problem: Starcraft. League of Legends came out in '09, so it could. It was a mod on regular Warcraft, not Starcraft. Oh, thank Warcraft. you. Warcraft. There we go. War- not not the MMO, the actual real time strategy Warcraft. Got right. it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. that's then, what I meant. That's what I meant. Dota 2 officially launched, I think, in 2013. Right. Yeah. That Something like right. that. So, like, it can make the list. So, yeah, League came out in 2009. Yeah. So, like. Plus, Dota 2 is just weird because it was in beta for so long. Yeah. Oh my That's gosh, like, so long. You know, it was really influential when it launched in beta, but then it didn't come out until 2013, so it's like, when do you count it? Yeah. I I, want, I feel like it only started in beta in like 2011. Is that true? Original I, development I'm not was sure. in 2009 is what the wiki says. Development, but when was it like uh, it says out playable? I don't see anything in here specifically about the late on wikipedia don't tell me <laughs> i know i know um two years prior to 2013 so 2011 yeah that's what i thought so, okay nice well played dota so yeah i came out this decade and also like i don't know it's a little weird because dota one is what influenced league to happen sure I don't so it's think kind of like flipping, but flopping back and forth. It doesn't really. Fine. They they also in this article specifically call out like the international, yeah, and its that influence on like the esports scene and you know like the crazy high prize pools that they're getting and how that's affecting every other competitive that's esport. Fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, and then they also list Spelunky. That's As the final game on here, the Spelunky. Spelunky, they picked sure because they feel like it's the first popularizing of uh, roguelikes. Uh, when did Binding of Isaac come out? Because I feel like that is more what? accurate. Yeah, Blunky Binding came of Isaac out was in... way before. Wait, Spelunky came Blunky out in two thousand eight. Yeah. 
Um, what? <laughs> it was an enhanced so, version for Xbox Live Arcade was released in 2012 and remade for the PC in 2013. So in the in the article they say, I realize this is a little bit of a cheat since Funky technically released as an open source project in 2008. What? That's just not here. a little bit of a cheat. That's but specific version. False cheat. But they say yes. the version that everyone recognizes was actually released in 2012. Like, if you were to think of Spunky in your mind, the one that you're thinking of is the one that came out in 2012. Oh my gosh. That's dumb. Well, if I think of Celeste in my mind, I think about the ninth episode that came out in 2019. So I'm going to put it on my (sighs) top 10 list. No. Also, if the one that came out in 2012 is like the bigger version, then Binding of Isaac came out in 2011. And I would say it's more important for the genre. I think it's way more important. (laughs) I think it's so weird to pass up Binding of Isaac for Spelunky. Because I think Binding of Isaac was more influential but what do i want now <laughs> yeah that could be is binding of isaac actually that popular i just I, assumed caleb was some big weirdo and i mean don't get me wrong he is, he is. <laughs> okay but i think it's i think it's pretty popular i he mean did, there's he did there... he launched an arg in like boston yeah i, I was gonna That's say true. there's no spelunky board game but there is a binding of isaac one That's true yeah well I think I liked everything on that list except maybe that last one. Yeah, it's a decent enough list. They have a couple of honorable mentions, which I don't really know fit. And I think that's probably why they didn't put them on the list. But they list Five Nights at Freddy's, which I think is just like. It's another one. Amnesia. Yeah, I was going to say it's another amnesia game. Uh, I wouldn't. They list Candy Crush Saga. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll (laughs) accept it. Sure. And then they also list together in one thing Fortnite and Overwatch. That's a no. weird excuse. <laughs> they combine. No. Why are they combined? No. <laughs> what? Yeah. Honestly, not, like Overwatch might have been a good selection for this. Like that would have been okay. Yeah. I mean, if I, only because Team Fortress Two probably oh, doesn't qualify. That's yeah, true. No, I wanted that come out. I can I can argue the fact that you have like a um, like the esports scene from Fortnite and Overwatch is insane. So like maybe that's how you can put them together. But I don't know how else you would just have them as yeah, they're this. not they're not even really the same genre. Exactly. That's why I feel so weird having them together. Sure. You know, um Team Fortress True was released in two thousand seven, but they did release uh, Team Fortress 2 on Linux in 2012. So I think we can <laughs> keep it on this list about. because yeah. that is the one. The one in your brain about. is the one from 2012. Uh, there it that's is. That's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it is. I mean, you know, I played Undertale this year. That's the one in my mind. Game of the year. There it is. How this works now. <laughs> so I'll also say I looked at a bunch of like random top 10 best games of the decade lists and there was a considerable number of lists that I saw that listed Breath of the Wild as the best game of the decade. Okay. So I just to call I mean, that yeah, out. Yeah, it was a decade. fairly good game. Not game of the decade. Should we be talking about this in like more of a single podcast format? Yeah, yeah we, we might. Yeah. Circle back to this. So yeah, I don't know if I we wanted to. We should do a like full podcast hours? on it. Actually, a year. A game of the year cast, and then a game of the decade cast, and then yeah. we'll have a board game of the year cast, and a movie of the year cast. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a secret. Mass Effect 2 came out in 2010. Oh, it counts. Next <laughs> That's why I was gonna say Mass Effect 2 is probably my pick. I mean, depends on when you think the decade starts and ends. I would do 10 to 19, so it works. Yeah. That's the decade. 
Mm-hmm. Are you going to call 1990 part of the 80s? Yeah. No, but I don't remember who it was. There was some article about how I feel like it was Google was their their calendar was saying that this wasn't actually a new decade that doesn't start until the year 2021. <laughs> okay. That's that's not how that work. Yeah. That's what you I don't said. start in year one. You start in year zero. Year that, one, they should. Yeah, you'd think they would know. Does <laughs> 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 that that cast? Are we done? Wrap that's this it. up. <laughs> that is it. Uh, managing editor, the Farmer's Almanac, told NPR's Morning Edition, the next decade won't start until January 1st, 2021. Sure. What is a farmer's almanac? <laughs> Do we even farm anymore? It's, like, does it matter? It's, it's less about that and more about long-term projection of like weather forecasting. There's like, here's what like crop outlook's going to be for X number of years. Well, I guess if anyone's going to be an authority on decades, it's going to be <laughs> those guys. Why not? <laughs> hey, let's talk about uh, what we you know normally start with. But now that we have this new Alex segment, this is going to be our second thing we talk about from now on. <laughs> Perfect. Um, that's what you've been playing lately. And uh, Caleb, let's start with you. All right. I've been playing a little uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake. Games. The one you will think about when you say Resident Evil 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game's pretty solid. It, I think it's incredibly similar like, similar to the seventh Resident Evil, which is the only other one I've played. Wait, no. I played, what was the co-op one? Five? Four? <laughs> you played five. Three. Five. That's I a played bad that one, one a to start on, but that's fine. <laughs> I know. Which is why I didn't play any till seven again. Checks out. But seven... So you, you skipped one. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're saying to me. Yep. Seven's really good. Two, I've been playing it a lot, and it seems incredibly similar, and is also really, really good. Have you played one, Jake? Uh, I have not played one. Oh, okay. Either the remake or the original. I, I was trying to ask Caleb the other day if that was necessary to play before two. It is not. Yeah. They are completely different characters. And you probably already know the whole plot of every Resident Evil game made. Yeah, they're basically all the same. Okay. There are okay. zombies. <laughs> Seven, Sevens was a little different. That's true. That's true. But it's like the only one. Yeah. So I've been playing much of that. I've been playing some Phoenix Point, which is a game that kind of recently came out. It was by the people that made the original XCOM, not two. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically XCOM, but more complicated in pretty much every way. Okay, that seems rough. Every time you shoot, uh, you can like actually aim at specific body parts on enemies, and there's like a firing reticle that shows where you're bullets could possibly hit Jesus. and so it's and got it like do... a whole bunch of randomness with like guns shoot like six times because they're an assault rifle right and each one of those six bullets goes in a different kind of pattern and can land so That's... it's it's more it's less punishing with bad rolls which is really nice i mean it's during... still bad for your sniper because if your sniper misses that's one shot and it's gone during each one of those but... shots does it do like the sniper elite slow-mo to show you exactly where it hits <laughs> on the body part that would be nah, nice. sadly Oh, okay. But it's got some interesting tactics there where you can disable certain body parts of aliens, prevent them from using special abilities or whatnot. Hmm. And the overworld is a lot like XCOM 2, where a lot of stuff has already been taken over by the aliens and they're like invading. It's like mid invasion. 
So you're trying to like fight back suddenly. It's it's pretty good. I need to get a little farther into it to kind of compare it to XCOM 2. But there's no timed missions, so that's nice. That's a nice plus, yeah. Also, really good piece where uh, when you move a character, the instant you see an enemy, they stop moving. Uh, and you can continue moving them afterwards. That's so nice. So you don't accidentally run into an ambush? Yeah. You don't <laughs> sprint your person up three movement spaces and then suddenly you're in the middle of five enemies. That is nice. Yeah. Makes it a lot better. Uh, and I also played some Sayonara Wild Hearts. Hey! Which, uh, it's alright. It's alright. It's not, <laughs> not, not enough of a game for me. Very, yeah, very, very I, simple. I also played it since last time we talked, and I had similar ideas. It doesn't... Like, I, I, we were talking about it in the text messages, and I said that it feels like a lightly interactive music video. I think that's a very apt description. Wow. But it's like the wow. length of an album. So yeah. Really like, long music video. <laughs> I want to see it because he's not parts. silent screaming right now. He's uh, actually he's screaming. Regular screaming. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I understand. And I just, I found a lot more replayability and enjoyment out of it than obviously Alex did when he texted me about it. Um, yeah, I actually, so you, when you finish it, you unlock, I forget what mode it's called. It's like arcade. Yeah. Something or another. And you can just play through all of the levels back to back without it like cutting out to a score screen every time. Yep. It's so much better. Why is that not the default mode? And then <laughs> and then there is a once you beat through that, there's another mode that ends when you die. Oh. So it's how far can you get? Like can you get through the entire thing without getting knocked out? Uh, and I have done that, and that's part of why I was saying I was just like, yeah, like I really enjoyed playing through it because I've played through that entire thing multiple times. Like, yeah, I understand that it's a short game, like a couple hours worth of actual content, but I don't need it to be more than that because I've replayed it a good three to four times over. It's not that... even. It's not even a couple hours. It's like an hour, like an hour and a half, maybe. I mean, I is it I I only played it in bits and chunks on my like Metro ride to and from work. Yeah, I played it in one sitting. And I have so played 36 minutes and I think that's like 2 thirds of the way through. Mm, okay. I think it's worth seeing it all. It's very pretty. It's and the extremely pretty and the music is dope. I've actually listened to some of it on Spotify. He's playing it. So like I think that I think uh, the the mission when you meet the first Wild Hearts. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the song right now. It's I'm blanking on it, but I think that's one of the best songs in the entire in the entire thing. When you're like going through the city and on the motorcycles, the motorcycle gang one, mm -hmm. like that that song is just a bop. I have played that mission so much that I've ran through multiple perfect runs of it. Because I just love hearing the soundtrack so much. Uh, Owen, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing uh, a bunch of different games. The Let's start off with I played through all of uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in two days. Nice. Yeah, that game, great. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a very good Star Wars game. It felt like a good Star Wars game. I thought the story of it was pretty cool. Uh, I think... 
my it's for those that haven't played it it's basically just a star wars roguelike or not roguelike uh souls like so kind of going back to our dark souls conversation that we had earlier my only problem i had with it was that it felt like the spawn like the the meditation points uh are just very random like there are there are parts of the maps that you go through that you have so many different meditation points that you're like okay cool like i just passed one five minutes ago and then i went this way now i've passed a new one and that's okay like dope and then there are other sections like there's a specific section that i had to deal with in uh on zephos that i think the like the closest spawn point to this one mini boss that i was fighting was a 10 minute walk and so i would die from the mini boss and then have to do a 10 minute walk back to the mini boss to then fight it and then die again and it, there's already things that i'm just like you know it sucks when you know like the the cutscenes for the boss or mini boss because you've died so many times like you've memorized the words that everyone's gonna say it sucks even more when there's a 10 minute walk in between that you talking about Ogdo Bogdo? Um, I'm talking maybe? about Ogdo Bogdo. Is he the one that's He's inside of about... the um, inside of the downed clone ship? No. Okay, then not Ogdo Bogdo. I thought we were talking about Star Wars: Fallen Order. Damn. Yep. What's Ogdo Bogdo? Is that a different game? It's a mini boss. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. You need to walk all the way back to him every time. Yeah, so many times. It's, that, one, it's, that one sucks. Maybe you guys should just like get. Good. It's not That's that far. Do. It's you just have to like slow walk across some balance beams to get to it, so it's annoying. Yeah, like I think that's one thing that annoyed me about it, and I think the other thing that annoyed me about it is like, look, I get that I put it on the second hardest difficulty, and I expected it to be hard, and I'm fine with that. And I got my ass handed to me by bosses again. I'm fine with that. I expected it, and the first couple of times, it's just like, hey here's you know parry more do more of this this is how you beat the boss and i'm like cool thanks for the tip you know i i'm glad that you're giving me this tip while it's loading back to the last save point and then i can you know run from there awesome i hated when the game was then telling you like hey do you want to do this on an easier difficulty? <laughs> like, here's how to do it on an easier difficulty. No game. I picked this difficulty for a fucking reason. I do not want to be patronized and to be told how to make it easier. I want, <laughs> like, it was just so insulting to me. Like, hey, sure, I get it that I'm going to die a lot. I was prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for the game to just be like, hey, you're bad at this. Put it on easy mode. I was like, no, no, no. I'm willing to die. Leave it as is. When you guys get to like difficulty select screens on games, especially single player games, do you like look at it and go, oh, I'm, I'm so much better than normal. I can't go on normal. I yeah, go, that, like, I mean, that's exactly one, what happened with this. Was, two it was notches. just like, hey, you know, normal is normal. Do you want to do this on the one above that for people that have played uh, Souls-like games before? And I was like... I mean, I haven't played a Souls-like game before, but I vaguely know all of the different things that you have to do. So I was like, sure, I'll do that. That seems fine. And this like, game, like, specifically gives you these three meters that tell you, like, how easy it's going to make it. Yeah. In, like, normal mode, right. it just looks way... Like, the meters are way in your favor. <laughs> so they're basically, <laughs> really like, is. goading you into being like, this is this is for babies. You probably shouldn't <laughs> do this. And then if you move it up one notch, all the meters are even. 
that you're like, oh, this is like this is what it should be. So yeah. Um. So yeah, play that. Dope. I also I missed, and I don't know if you guys played it. Did you realize that Ilum is Starkiller base? Yep. I, I my my coworker pointed it out uh, when I was talking to him that I was playing it, and he was just like, "Oh, how'd you like Starkiller Base?" And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah, that one planet that you're on, the ice planet, that turns into Starkiller Base later in like the canon timeline of things." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I had absolutely no idea of that. No, like, didn't, know that. didn't, didn't know even that. realize, didn't put two and two together. Completely missed it somehow." And he's like, "Dude, there's like a giant like." crevice around the entire planet and i was like yeah missed it i don't know <laughs> just mm. don't know how i missed it but i missed that but anyway so i played that uh i also played um Roombo, which was not as good as i wanted it to be it was very sad what is it R- Roombo, the the killer uh Roomba. The, you play as like a little Roomba. Th- uh, it's like a $2 arcade game. You play as a Roomba and you go around and you kill people that mm. are like breaking into the house and you have to clean up the mess after you kill oh, them. Oh, it's called Roomba First Blood. Yes. <laughs> I have an appreciation for the naming, but... Uh. <laughs> it was it was an interesting game. I Like from the trailer, I thought that it was going to be more of the Roomba physically killing people and doing stuff. And instead, it's a lot more of a, hey, like, hide underneath of the couch and set off all of the fans in the room so the fans will drop from the ceiling and kill all of the the, uh, thieves and then clean up as much blood as you can before your master comes home. This... This is just like like if somebody's horror about home automation that someday one of their, like, like their vacuum cleaners is going to take over all their appliances and fixtures and furniture and just kill them. Yeah, and they've created this game out of fear. Like this is this is my nightmare. That's that's what it seems to be. It was an interesting idea. I would have liked to have more of just like the Roomba itself with like a knife strapped to it, just charging in and taking people out, which is kind of what I was expecting it to be. And then I was very sad when it wasn't that. And I was like, all right, that's fine. It happens. Um, uh, also, been playing a bunch of GTA Online, setting up the and also playing the Casino Heist, but also setting up the Casino Heist for. Uh, those of us that play GTA in the group here. Um, the Casino Heist, I think, is a brilliant finale to them doing heists and what I what I assume is a finale of them making heists and content for GTA uh, 5, at least, until they make, you know, the next one. But it's just such a really cool thing because there are so many options to how to do the heist and not all of the options are required to be done. So, like, you can, in theory, just go into the front door of the casino, guns blazing, and try to fight your way in and out of the casino. But then there are all of these, like, hey, side missions that you can do that you can just be like, okay, hey, if you get one of the security guards really drunk and steal their security key, you won't have to hack into the security system when you want to go through all the security doors. You can just use this key. Or, oh, hey, you know there's going to be a lot of guys with guns. What if you destroy all of the shipments of their body armor and guns before it gets to the casino so then when you go in to shoot up the place, it's a lot easier? Or if you're really good at scouting, maybe you found a uh, tunnel that goes underneath of the casino during the scouting mission. 
So that way, as one of your options later on when you set up the heist, you can, instead of, like, going in the front door, you can go and, uh, you know, bore underneath of the tunnel and just kind of go right into the vault of the casino. And so there's all of these kind of, like, mini options that all, like, play with each other and just kind of make each kind of one different like every single time it felt like i was doing a different casino run because there are so many options of that you could like pick through uh and so i thought that was really cool and a really great way to do that i really like that idea you know though the other heists in gta are fun they're very very linear they don't don't really there's not a lot of flexibility in how you accomplish a mission which is why people just end up dying over and over and over and repeating the same mission to try and you know not get shot not lose one life yeah, that's kind of neat. You have only so many options, whereas if you do this, there are ways like you could do uh, a silent way in and try to fire zero bullets and then you'll have the most amount of times inside of the vault. Or you could just not and just go in guns blazing or you can do a different one where you're going to try to like switch up your outfit 15 times so the tro- cops can't catch you. Like there's just so many different ways of doing that. It, it's just so neat to me of making it seem unique plus then you also have like and and i think the other thing is is that all of the setup is done in free play mode so none of it is like a specific mission and you don't necessarily have to have everybody with you like i did a bunch of those setup missions on my own to make it easier for you guys there's a couple that i'm going to need some help on and would like to have a second person to make it easier for us but again it's just you don't have to go through five like okay we're going to go through this mission and get the car okay let's all four of us get together and go through this mission and we'll get the plane and you have to do all of the setup it's just like oh hey i had some extra time before i had to go out and do this thing so i went and did this small option that'll help us later so that way we can just when we do all four of us get together we can just do it. We can just do the heist. We just pick our options and go. Um, and also, the final game that I played through the holiday break was a game called uh, Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen people seem to really like this game, but I don't. It Chad is played it for a while. Bizarrely funny. It is so for those that don't know, it is a physics-based game that you literally just. It's a sandbox. You pick any sort of unit that you want, as many units as you want, put it on one side, do the same thing to the other, press go, see what happens. So if you've ever wondered who would win in a fight, 100 ninjas or 50 pirates, you can you can do that. And then you press a button and you just see them fight and see what happens. Heads up, 50 pirates will win against 100 ninjas. But it's very entertaining to watch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's the real question. What happens if you put cowboys against aliens? Uh, I don't think they've added that DLC into it. You can oh! have you can have Zeus fight a bunch of woolly mammoths, which is a lot of fun. Um, I also liked the Vikings. The Vikings could show up on boats, but since the game is played on land, it's just like a bunch of people carrying the boats and then <laughs> tossing the boats onto people. And it's huh. just very fun to watch a bunch of boats just get yeeted across the map and squish a bunch of people. There's no cowboys and aliens, though. Yeah, no, no. cowboys or See, aliens. What about Daniel Craig or yeah. Harrison, <laughs> Harrison Ford, Ford? Yeah, no, it would be nice. 
Um, but missed like, opportunities. You know, for the ten dollars that I spent on it, I just thought it was a hundred percent worth it. It was so entertaining. I have been playing a couple games actually. Playing a little Overwatch. <laughs> been playing like some that. Dota. Because I like last time we did this, I have not played anything. I <laughs> literally nothing. Uh, I've been playing Overwatch, Dota, losing at both uh, spectacularly. Um, also, have been playing the real life real life version of House Flipper, which didn't know this was an actual game. But the description is: House Flipper is a unique chance to become a one man renovation crew, buy, repair, and remodel devastated houses. Give them a second life and sell them at profit. <laughs> so right. you're saying the when you moved reviews... into your house, your house was devastated? It's <laughs> in a lot That's of ways. The recent reviews of this game are overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, people really like wow. that one. Like, Why? Wow. I don't know. That's the same reason that HGTV is a channel. Can't, can't you just, you know, do that to your actual house? It's too much work. Okay. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I hate it. It's a lot of <laughs> work. You hate time. It. To do I it love it life. and I hate it. It's a love-hate relationship. <sighs> I get excited. I'm like, oh, I see a vision of what this room could be like. And then I'm like, that's going to take like a month and a ton of money. <laughs> and then I have to do it. And then I have to drywall, which is like the worst thing ever. Oh, dude, you should get me. I'm so good at drywalling. You should get Owen, Aaron. Aaron, though. Yeah, you got to yeah, do the oh, little Aaron, like side please. mission to get yeah. me as one of your yeah, drywalling options. Get, so get anyway, uh, Alex. <laughs> I hear Owen's a master drywaller. Drywaller. No one. It is the most artistic artistic task you can Listen. take on at a house. All Ugh. I know is Owen is really good at two <laughs> things. <laughs> Drywalling <laughs> and Zarya. And Zarya. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the things. Wow. God, uh, wow. Alex, what have you been playing? Um, so I finished Life is Strange 2. Actually, I played Captain Spirit and then also played all of Life is Strange 2. How, how was it? It is distinctly not as good as the first game. Damn it! But it is. I, I liked it. It's it's pretty good. Okay. Is it even I, a contender for game of the year? Uh, it probably won't make my list. Okay. That's not to rip on this year too much already, but I thought this year was a pretty weak year for games. We can get into that later. Um. I. So from looking at your profile, I think you only played the first episode, right? I in fact only played the first episode. Okay. Yeah. Which is disappointing because. None of the Captain Spirit stuff comes up in that first episode. Correct. I thought it was very strange. <laughs> yeah, well, all that happens in like the second episode. So, of course, if you're interested in that, um, the, it, it's pretty interesting as a game. Like, I don't remember what happens in the first episode exactly, so I don't know how much is spoiler stuff. But there, there's a unique spin on like who you control and what kind of secondary characters there are okay. and it's just like it's nothing to do with first game first of all i thought there would at least be like some like a like a bunch of references to the first game there's like two references to the first game in the whole thing i mean and yeah, it, it seems pretty standalone yeah the the story so the structure that they have for the story is it, it's forcing your characters to constantly move on from locations. So there's not like a cast of characters really like the first game has. Mm. Like the first game has like a bunch of people you learn to like or dislike over time and they're there the entire time pretty much. Yeah. And this one, it's like every episode you're like, 
meeting new people and trying to like have character interactions there and develop their personality in that three hour period that you play that and then like kind of really moves on bad idea yeah and I, I didn't really particularly care for that like the best part of like telltale games like the walking dead or like life is strange one was like you said meeting those characters and seeing them evolve over each episode yeah like i so guess the, in this one you always have your brother yeah that's that's really the thing about this game though is they wanted to really really focus on this two brother relationship and like how you you know can live with your sibling and grow throughout that hardship that they're going through who wants to live with their sibling and grow throughout a hardship what, can you imagine what a night <laughs> oh this sounds like uh, so much effort pretty interesting yeah there's there's some unique things about it and i had a good time overall but i don't know it's not distinctly not as good uh anything um, else you've been playing yeah so i also played a little bit of hades which um is a roguelike from what is it super giant super giant yep. yeah um yeah that game's pretty sick yeah is it early access still it is still early access um they update it quite a bit like they're pretty frequent with they do like a, almost like a monthly or maybe month and a half big update mm -hmm. and it's it's frequently adding content it looks very good is it does it play very fun is yeah it a good game? The, i think that's the coolest thing about it is like the the combat's very fluid and quick Mm -hmm. and it looks awesome the whole time at any and... part do you get to play handball <laughs> <laughs> uh not that i've gotten to yet but no sale i'm out you can use a rocket launcher though mm, okay marginally back in <laughs> yeah that's pretty much all i've been playing uh jake all right i'm in i'm in you're baby. in you're up so I also played a lot of Resident Evil 2, and we kind of already talked about it, but I like that game a lot. It's a little spoiler alert for, I think, our next podcast? I think it's yeah. going to be my game of the year. It's just a preliminary. That probably says more about how weak I thought this year was, yeah. as opposed to how good Resident Evil 2 is. But it's still really good, and if you haven't played it, you should play it, except for Alex, because it's got zombies, and so it's, like, spooky. <laughs> it's, scary. Mm. it's not scary, though. I'm it's not, it. but neither is Bioshock. So, <laughs> like, true. I don't know where that leaves us. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, man, okay, looking through my list, I've been on a zombie kick because I finally started playing The Last of Us as well. <laughs> that's a tricky one because I don't want to say The Last of Us 2 because that's a different that's a different game that's not out yet. But I am enjoying it considerably more than the first time I played it. Uh, I think I realized the first time I tried to play it, I was trying to do like a perfect stealth run. Oh, and that's a bad way to play that's that game. Awful. It's, it's you might say it's unbearable and make you want to quit a few hours. Yeah. In. Why would you do that? Well, I don't I don't know why I got it in my head that I was like, man, I'm just going to be like a ninja. And it just doesn't work in that game because it's much <laughs> it's so much more fun when you just like fuck up and desperately try to fight like the five guys who come running at you and you've got two shots left. Mm -hmm. It's it's really fun when you do it that way. So I've been enjoying it a lot, actually. Um, so yeah, just trying to get that wrapped up before The Last of Us 2 comes out in April, May, whatever, sometime, uh, next sometime year. this year. Probably 2021 at this, this point. Year. This year. <sighs> if it comes out next year, I'm going to be very sad because I'm, I'm really sprinting through this bad boy. 
Uh, and then the last game, this is, I haven't played this one in a while, actually, but I haven't been on the podcast in a while, so I still wanted to talk about it. Uh, I picked up Pathologic 2. Uh, it came out earlier this year. Uh, I mainly picked it up because a YouTuber I follow, H Bomber Guy, did a video on Pathologic 1 that I thought was really, really good and everyone should check out. Uh, but it made me interested enough to pick up this new game. And it's it's pretty cool. It's interesting. What kind of gameplay is it? It's almost like a survival horror game. So the setup is like you show up at this like. uh, It kind of takes place. I don't know, 18th century kind of Russian city. Uh, So basically your character shows up at a town and three guys try to kill him. And so you kill them. That's like the first thing that happens in a (laughs) cutscene. And then everyone in town is like trying to kill you because you're a murderer. But it's not even for those murderers. They think you killed your dad, who dies before you get to town. So, like, you're just wandering around the town, trying to, like, get your bearings, and people will just, like, chase you down the street and try to kill you. And the combat sucks, so they'll just, like, kick your ass. So you just gotta, like, book it. You gotta, like, run. Uh, And it's got a lot of, like, survival elements, so you've got, like, you've got to keep eating, you've got a hunger meter, you've got an exhaustion meter, um thirst so you've got to like scavenge for materials and you can like trade with people but when everyone's trying to kill you nobody wants to trade with you so that makes things really really tricky you've got to like find the few people who will trade with you and like get food from them so you don't like die yeah uh and then so i haven't gotten this far but i already know there's a plague that breaks out and you're trying to like like one of your things is you're trying to like cure the plague and that just makes things so much harder because like if you get sick and die you d- you die and then you can't cure the plague and you've died so like it's it's pretty intense uh but yeah that's it's a cool game i don't are think it's meant- gonna be on my game of the year list but are you, are you meant to like run through it multiple times to try to figure out how to cure the plague so i don't know what's what's interesting about it is rather than having like hey here's your objective you know you're supposed to go here and talk to old man withers and mm-hmm. he gives you a quest. You have like a branching kind of like web of intrigue. So like one day it's like, hey, my father died. I should go to the house. And so you go to the house and on the way someone like talks to you and you get another bubble that's like, hey, there seems to be something going on in the graveyard. Maybe I should go there. So rather than getting quests, you have like all this information you kind of accrue and build on to try to like get your bearings on what's going on in town and what you need to do, which I think is a really cool way to do it. Yeah, I I I wouldn't say I've been enjoying it because it's a very stressful game, yeah. but I it's very interesting and I like it. Uh, but like I said, I don't think it's going to make my game of the year list. Maybe I'll play a little bit more and change my mind, though. We'll see. I'm about four hours in right now. OK, so we did a little crawling at a very, very slow pace through all of uh, video games. It's only taken us like an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's change gears and we'll talk about. Uh, let's move on to film. We'll talk about something that is not slow paced. In fact, it may be the fastest paced film that I have watched in recent memory. Fast and furious. No, Star Wars. Mm. Let's talk a little about Star Wars. Let's yeah, talk about Star Wars, guys. It's going to be really it. funny that you mentioned Fast and the Furious later. Just remember that. <laughs> okay. uh, I'll keep that in the back of my head. Uh, all of us have seen it, Obviously. including Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. I saw. Am I the only person that liked it? I liked it. Okay. I liked it. I liked it. I liked things about it. 
Yeah, that's different. Like I, <laughs> you just I said two not, different things. I will not stand here and say that it is a great movie. I think it is a very fun story. I feel like and... I do not have the same perception that Caleb does about this movie or opinion about this movie. Like, like we we walked out of the theater with completely different. Caleb hate it. Well, uh, I don't know. That I, I would was say like, I hated it. He just didn't like he, it. He was on the side of like justifying why it wasn't good, and I was on the side of justifying why it was good. Neither of us were probably right, but we were just having a conversation the whole way back home. Yeah. Uh, what were the uh, bullet points? Like the kind of like the head things that you two were talking about in that conversation? I mean, number one, like I mentioned, it is the fastest paced movie I've watched in a while. Even when they're in like the slow, like the emotional scenes where people are like hugging or having a super serious conversation. I feel like they're like, okay, let's speed it up. Come on. We've got to get to the next yep. part. This is, this is mm -hmm. super unimportant stuff. Let's go. And that, like, the whole movie felt like that. I don't felt. I don't. I don't feel like it ever actually slowed down. I don't think it did. I think the first five minutes of the movie is exemplary of that. Oh. Like <laughs> intro <laughs> crawl, Kylo shows up and is staring down Sidious. I mean, with his lightsaber. We don't <laughs> like, even have to, like. Let's back up. Let's talk about the intro. The text that you read on the screen before you oh, even yeah. watch the movie, you're like, holy crap, a lot has happened since <laughs> yeah, movie two. Seriously. Did they forget a lot of things that the they were supposed thing, to do in movie two? Like the first thing in the scroll is like, the Emperor sent out a message to everybody in the galaxy. Like, wait, the Emperor? <laughs> the Emperor? He's back? He's back? Yeah, <laughs> the dead speak. Basically what happened was JJ wanted to do an entire trilogy and got two movies no. Really, one movie because the first one just had to like restart the franchise. So he's like, "Cool, I'm gonna just fit everything I wanted to do in one movie." And I was like, "That's bad. That's not good." No, what he's really trying to do is he's trying to get under the director position when they make an Arrow movie, so that he can really just pull into that death is an illusion in some parts of the world <laughs> thing. He's like, "Look, guys, look what I did. Look what I did. Episode nine. It's great." So, remember, there was that big deal about Star Wars stuff was happening in Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From what Chad told me, that is the announcement that the the emperor put out before oh. the before the scroll. I mean, that's... he announced it in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I, I, I feel Fortnite. like it's kind of neat that they did a thing like that of just being like, oh, hey, here's like a supplementary piece of intel to go into like the the movie with for people that played the Star Wars Fortnite thing. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing that they do that with plenty of movies now of like hey here's stuff that doesn't actually matter um but i i i feel like there's definitely seemed to be an entire movie's worth of stuff that probably should have been done before this movie yeah so like okay look, look, look first and foremost we haven't really talked spoiler stuff yet we're about to talk spoiler stuff so in case you're listening to this and you haven't seen star wars go watch it first before you listen to this um the other plot point or other things we specifically talked about that we thought were strange. Number one, healing people with the force. Yep. Yeah. That's why, weird. Why is this that is just a thing now in this and the Mandalorian? Yoda. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Okay. Like, I get it. Like, maybe, maybe you can like share your midi-chlorians with another being. <laughs> Don't say the M word <laughs> on this podcast, please. Well, she justifies it. She's like, oh, I just gave a little bit of my life energy to the worm. No big that deal. still doesn't explain yeah. how it heals. You like, know, life, life you... energy is a miracle. It heals anything, <laughs> I, any wound. You don't need to explain anything. It's fine. I think fine. almost any show that's like, oh, we killed this character. Uh, nah. No, 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 no. We fixed it. They're better. 
I feel like they were talking to the Mandalorian people are like, all right, we need you to do something with the force where it heals something. So when people see it in episode nine, they're not like, oh, this is weird because we've seen it in another movie. And that way they could just really play all the way up to the very end when Darth Sidious is draining life force from other people. Yep. I think that, that that's all it was. It's the entire purpose of all of those plot points or the progressors throughout the story was to just allow Sidious to use a life drain. Unless that's some Star Wars canon that's in the extended universe that I don't know about. Maybe it's part of the legend portion that Disney made legend after well, they e- acquired. EU's not canon anymore, right? So it yeah. doesn't matter. <sighs> that's true. <laughs> Although they're slowly like canonizing parts of the EU, which they're is just, weird. They're just, they're just reinventing it like it's their their idea to begin with. <laughs> Disney originals. Like, um, I, I know that there is several things from this movie and also from The Mandalorian that they were just like, hey, remember that stuff that happened in KOTOR? It also happened here. And you're like, okay, so some of this existed, but not all of it. I mean, that's uh, that's not making parts of the EU canon. That's stealing from the EU. <laughs> it's, it's very different. I think also we had like, uh, two additional things that really that really stood out to me. Number one is um, how they revealed that she was the child of Palpatine. Like, it is the most boring reveal. Like, hey, it's here's us having stated. a conversation. Guess what? You're the child of Palpatine. Why couldn't they have just been like somehow built into the the lore of the story that there's a door on the Death Star that doesn't open to anybody with Pal- that, unless it's Palpatine because it's coated to his blood or something and then when she walks up to the door because she's looking for the device it just opens like, why do we have to why do we have to tell everybody or that- she should have should have been like dangling from some high space and then palpatine should have been there and then he'd have been like i am your grandfather and she'd be like <laughs> no <laughs> I, I i mean i think it was a very fun and enjoyable movie i only regret the fact of how much it just takes away from uh from the last one they did such a good job with the last one what i've got a spoiler alert for you on nobody fucking liked the last one <laughs> that's why I they mean, retconned it this movie the I, eighth I movie is garbage you could literally throw away an hour and 15 minutes of that movie just have the first part and just have the last part with the battle and when ray realizes true. she's powerful i, I think that that's you're it. right but I also think the reason why I like the last one is it was stating, hey, you don't have to be part of a specific bloodline to be badass about things that are happening in this like universe. How's Anybody that? can be the hero. How's that and then they with immediately this said, fuck <laughs> that. You have to be a Palpatine. Yeah. Or, or a Skywalker. Or a Skywalker. And I was like, yeah. Right. Love it. So many times they gotta like pretend somebody's dying and then nah, they're good. Because <laughs> there's, there's freaking Chewy on yep. the transport ship. There's um girl, bounty hunter girl or spice runner girl on that planet that they gets completely destroyed. Oh, she comes back oh, later. The spice fine. girl. Yeah, spice girl. Baby you got spice. it. There's baby freaking spice. Ray. Oh. Uh, the previous movie they got Leia's doing that crap she did. Oh, I liked the uh, the two second segment in this movie where they're like, "Oh yeah, Leia was training as a Jedi. That's how she knew how to do all the Force power stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, right? what? <laughs> that would have been really cool uh, to watch. Oh hey, you know what else was really neat? No. I liked Adam Driver's little magic trick and then shrug. That was cool. Yeah, <laughs> his uh, no. okay. pull the lightsaber out of nowhere trick. Yeah, yeah, that that whole thing is weird. The, 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 I, like I liked the whole like, oh hey, we can like lightsaber fight through the force 
Like, that was a really cool thing, but I thought it was just so fucking funny when he just pulls the lightsaber and then shrugs while looking at everybody else. Like, yep, that's what we do. The other thing, and it kind of encompasses two components, is the whole all of the Sith are within me, all of the Jedi are within you thing. What? I I think Caleb and I both had a problem with that. I at first thought we were going to have a movie and power scaling was going to be a real problem. Like yeah. a real problem. And it, oh man, I mean, they it just literally barely was. missed it. Like the power scaling in this trilogy is off the charts. Like it, they basically have a Dragon Ball Z fight in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> where they blow up a, a ship with the force. They blow up an entire ship. Mm-hmm. 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 I missed the original yep. trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> they used it to like they would pull a lightsaber from like ten feet away, and, and it was, was like, very Whoa. difficult. Oh no! Yeah. Now he's really strong. <laughs> nah, now you can shoot lightning in the air and target specifically every rebel ship. Every yeah, rebel the towards thousands. the end of the movie shoots lightning <laughs> directly up into the air and hits thousands of rebel ships. None of the imperial ships. <laughs> it's so pre- he's so accurate with lightning, which of course it just. It's like la- it's like a laser beam. It's so straight. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be very accurate. Yes. <laughs> but again, I don't understand that all the Sithrin within me, all the Jedi within like is, is that, has the that Avatar. Ever been? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I knew it. <sighs> uh, uh, I say this because I've been watching a lot of Avatar also, lately. Another thing. Force projections of like Jedi long past, they can impact the world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, what? Uh, Excuse me? catches that lightsaber out of the air and his, force goes. his own fucking x-wing and i'm just like well i'm glad that the x-wing's back <laughs> was legitimately Gosh. crying in the theater when that happened the things i will say about this movie the cinematography the screenplay were, were both pretty good okay uh, about the cinematography specifically i was sitting in the theater the entire time like is this even a jj abrams movie where is all the excessive lens flare <laughs> he, he toned it down he a ton like there's a couple lens flares in episode 7 but he does tone down all of his lens flareness listen just go back and watch the nuts. first Star Trek and then go watch this movie you'll be able to tell a big big difference that you won't be able to watch this movie <laughs> because yeah. you'll be blind from watching the Star Trek movie <laughs> I have played the- I, I have watched enough of the Star Trek movie to just be like wow what lens flare I think just the backdrop and the setting, like they wanted to progress the story. I get it. And they wanted to do it quickly because they had a lot to go through because freaking movie, second movie just screwed it all up. Uh, and the, the back, the, the backdrop where all the planets they were on, the Death Star being in the ocean, all of that was just, it was beautiful. It was awesome. It was really, it looked really cool. And a lot of the fights and battles and whatnot. I mean, it was nice, especially when they got to the very end and they were in the Sith Temple. I think that was probably some of the coolest scenes in terms of just pure scenery. The with the tall towers, the structures, all of the all of the black robes that I assume are like essentially the Sith version of force projection. Like the Jedi all show up blue, maybe the Sith just show up in black robes, which I think is kind of cool. I don't know if that's actually you accurate. I don't think they were real dudes. No, they were not. They yeah. are not. I don't think any of them are real. I think they're they were not just real. Yeah, because he said all of the Sith are within me, and he was the last Sith. Why would there be potentially thousands of others? Kylo was a Sith. When I was... uh, 
Who knows, really? I mean, he <laughs> saved Ray there in the end, so mm -hmm. that last good deed outdoes all the bad ones. He's in, he's in like, midi-chlorian purgatory. Hmm. I liked um, the Emperor's, like, big GLaDOS thing he was attached yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just carting him around. That was pretty sick. Is it possible the GLaDOS robot was actually the bad guy the whole time? And it was just yeah, an that's what I was thinking. I th was it just GLaDOS this whole time? My God. Listen, was the force a lie? I think really, I read this really good article about how it's really just Darth, uh, Darth Plagueis. And all this is is just a giant meme about the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Wow. Yeah, because he was Sidious's he master. Was the one that and unlocks... he's the one who taught him how to live... It, yeah, the, the power of immortality or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they but, did show his the master was Jar Jar, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> but they did show Snoke, like Snoke clones in those little chambers. I mean, why couldn't the Emperor have also yeah. just been created or cloned in some of those chambers? And he's just really the person pulling the strings the whole time. I was happy and, they they briefly showed the Snoke stuff because I was like, oh, yeah. finally, I get the the closure on what Snoke actually was <laughs> or why he existed. <laughs> The one, okay, the one last thing I'll say, and then somebody else can talk, because I've been talking about this a lot. Uh, the, towards the very end, when they're showing the destruction of all of the Star Destroyers, and they show the one with uh, the, what the little guy, the Ewoks, they show it up in the sky, and it's clearly been blown apart by somebody flying at hyperspeed. Yep. Because they were like, look, guys, they we need you to know this is serious. Maneuver. This is canon. This is important. You can do this now. Yeah, no, they they mentioned somebody mentions that somebody did a holo maneuver. They called it a holo maneuver. And I was just like, hey, glad that that is now an actual tactic that they use. Wish that would have been done way sooner than holo so doing it in the eighth movie, because that was my problem in the eighth movie. So I was like, OK, fine. We're, we're that at least was your getting problem better. in the eighth movie. Not Leia force moving herself from outer <laughs> space back into a ship. Let's be real. And Ray does the same exact in the thing in this movie. That's Did explained you have a problem though. With that, Leia's force powers are explained in this one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. They're, they're Very totally explained. What about all the people standing on spaceships while they're moving and just standing there? What do they have? Grav boots on? No, they're just they hopped on the spaceship. Millennium Falcon, fastest ship in the. And the galaxy is just flying off super fast speeds, but no, 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 we're just standing here. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. I think there's a lot of things that you just have to be like, eh, it's it's a fun movie. <laughs> can't, I can't pick apart literally everything that happens. Dude, that plot has more holes than I don't know. What's the, the holes? holes? What's Colander. the holes? <laughs> that's what you landed on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. did you write that on. down? Yeah. What's the holes though? What holes you got? All what? Like all of them? Let I me mean, just introduce this life siphoning thing that didn't exist until this movie. I, I don't know if it's the, a hole. Um, it's just that's fine. The emperor Any, came back. Man, anything the, that's the, not like... let me just eat myself through space and just be able to force grapple onto things was yeah. also introduced in very like the last movie and then used again in this one. And also the health thing. I mean, basically the force is just the hey, what magic powers do we want to come up with this time? And I, as much as I don't like that, it's also just been forever done that way. So I'm not upset by it. Hasn't the first the first trilogy? The force is used very sparingly. Yeah, like I said, it pulls a lightsaber to you. Mm -hmm. One guy can shoot electricity, but he's the bad guy. One guy can choke people. 
Now, he's also the bad guy. Here's the yeah. problem I always have. Now that you say, okay, the good guys can bring people back from the dead. What's the stakes ever? Kind or of. Or none. Because it's just like, oh no, our good guys are in peril. Well, they'll just come back. Who cares? Yeah. And even the bad guys, it's like, oh good, we beat them. Well, clones, there's more probably. Who knows? So I... I don't know. I I kind of just look at it as something that is not as as like perfectly crafted as it was in once oh in the past. No, and it's it's more just like a fun, like expensive sci-fi spectacle. Hey, no, that's no, always you... what Star Wars been. No, so... you know what you sound like right now, Alex. You sound like Janae describing the new uh, Harry Potter, Harry Potter movies, whatever they're called, the Crimes of Grindelwald Fantastic movies. Beasts. That's kind of what Beasts. those are too. That they're they're so dumb in so many ways. But Janae loves Harry Potter, so she's just like, well, you know, it's just it's, a good time. You gotta like, yeah, you gotta just give it a little bit and wait till the next movie. They'll probably clear some things up. I'm like, mm, oh, they're gonna clear those plot like... points up a great way to justify a movie series just being shittier. It's better yeah, if it you could don't be a good think time about it. And also good, which would be nice. I just judge it based on did I did I feel like I had a good time going to the theater to see it? Yeah. I mean yeah, it was, I a, it was a good evening. Yeah. I did too. I had a great evening. I thought it was great. I'm at a nah. <laughs> okay, yeah, here's see? the secret the secret to this movie. And why they had to make her a palpatine. And why she couldn't just be a nobody. Because there's heavy themes in this movie of choosing who your own family is. And at the very end, she says she's a Skywalker, even though she's clearly not. Okay. Oh and self-selected this family. This is it. Hear me out. Is a heavy this. theme of what other series? <laughs> Fast Come and the on, Furious. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this movie is it a Fast and the Furious time, movie. I felt... That is the secret. <laughs> what if? What That's if, the reason why you have to look at it as a big, dumb, explosive thing that you can go have a good time at the theater watching. It is a Fast and the Furious movie. But, but hear me out. What if she wasn't a Palpatine <laughs> wow. and was in fact a nobody and then at the end decided that she was a Skywalker... Uh, because that's like where she felt that she belonged. You do not undercut that theme. You also don't fuck up the theme from the last movie about how anybody can save uh, the universe, not just someone again, from this fucking frickin bloodline. Throw that I think movie that, out. That kind of does mess up that idea, I think, though, because then at the end, what is she saying? Like, she has to be seen as a Skywalker, or otherwise, or she wants to she's be not, seen she's not respected as a Skywalker because she doesn't have a special name. I mean, she's got to be someone with a special name. She has all of the Jedi in her now. <laughs> anyway. Good movie, good time. I get it. I get it, Alex. I'm, I'm kind of right there. But That's it's a just curious movie, man. A lot of... Yeah. You know what? Okay. The one thing I, I, it made me think of specifically is... I don't know if you guys... Have, have all you guys seen Passengers, the movie? No. The one with... Yes. J-Law. Chris Pratt. Um, there's a good nerd writer episode where he talks about what if we just swap the order of the scenes in this movie. And it's absolutely incredible because the movie would have been oh so much better. They just take a few small things and like change the order, change the progression, leave some of the character um like the plot moving points and make it more uh just based on what's actually happening on screen versus saying it out loud. I think this could have benefited from that, but should we talk about another movie? Let's let's talk about another movie. 
I don't know that anybody's seen Knives Out except for you, Owen. Oh, well, hey, it's a great movie. You guys should go see it. Owen, did you also <laughs> see Cats? Don't uh, tell me you saw no. Cats. I, I just wanted to comment about how much of a shit show Cats is. And if you guys have seen the copious, and I mean copious, beautiful um, tweets uh, from people that reviewed the movie about it, because it is it is something else to just read and be a part of. Listen, it, it was it was so important that they delayed Wicked to get it done. So it has to have been a good movie, Owen. I, I mean, <laughs> if someone when respectable like these aren't just like tweets from random people that have seen it. Some of this is like respectable people that write movie reviews when they are saying that like, oh, this is worse than the room or this is the worst thing that happened to cats since dogs. Like there were some very creative things. Uh, like, uh, they never thought that they'd see, uh, Dame Judy Dench, uh, on her way to, a, a drag show or something of that nature. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it is a creative use of the English language that I feel like all should read. But T-Swifty's in it. Yeah, I don't think that saved it. Apparently she, she shimmies yeah, she very badly and everybody was very confused why, all of the other cats don't have tits, but Taylor Swift cat <laughs> specifically has very large cat tits. And they're not even cat tits because cats have six tits. Taylor Swift has like two. So it's just weird. It's just weird and amorphic. Like it's, it's a f yeah, how many does she have? It's just like two. <laughs> You've called into question the number. Like, it's just, a, it is a very strange thing. Like, there were some people saying that they were expecting the FBI to storm the furry porn that they were watching at some point of it. Um, and that the you, they, they never illegal, thought that uh, they'd see uh, <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen try to lick milk sexily until they saw this film. I mean, maybe you're looking at it wrong, though. Maybe you just gotta, like, you know, turn your brain off. It's like a fun... I had fun going to the movies. I ate popcorn. It was a good time. I did an maybe acid you gotta look trip at it like that, before I got you know? there. Like, um, Are there strong man. themes of, like, family ties? I I, I don't know. Strong themes because of probably. There, there's there's a strong family. theme of jellicles and getting yourself killed. Uh, I, I, anyway, I just felt like people should A, read it, and B, whenever this does eventually get onto some sort of streaming service that uh, we should hate watch this. This, one's, uh, this one says that my screen of cats is set next to an eight-year-old child who 45 minutes in during a break in singing sat up and loudly said to his mother, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, here's a child of superior discernment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's just people need to either A, read about it, and B, I, I'm going to watch this. I'm not going to pay money to watch this, but the second that this is on any sort of streaming service that I have, I am 100% going to watch the shit out of this because it just seems like something that's great. If you are on one of those, like, you know, unlimited movie pass plan things from Regal or anything like that. Uh, hey, you've already paid the money. Just go fucking see it. Let's uh, loop back to things that don't suck and talk yeah, about The please. Witcher. Oh, yeah. Who's seen The Witcher? I, what a good... It's so good. I have it, seen two episodes. It really frustrates me. Why does, does it? it frustrate you, Jake? Yeah. I feel like the plot's kind of all over the shop. Like... 
I feel like it peaked in the third episode. And the plot kind of doesn't get up to a whole lot, I feel like. I don't want to spoil stuff. So you're probably sensing it's like the adaptation because they're adapting the first two books, which are apparently collections of short stories. Oh, mm. so that's the reason why it's kind of like all over the place. I mean, it's it, yeah, I don't know. There's just there's not really an overarching plot, which I find frustrating. That's fine. And a lot like of Gravity this... Falls doesn't have an overarching plot in the first season. Are you watching The Mandalorian? But then it does. Mm-hmm. But it gets one in the second series. I mean, and also, there's... I feel like the standalone stories, I, a lot of the standalone stories in The Witcher kind of left me cold. Like, the first episode I thought was kind of bad. I still don't fully understand what was happening. It looks cool. I it's... mean, yes, I will give you that. Henry Cavill does a very first... good uh, Witcher voice. The first episode? Yeah. Mm. Actually, the <laughs> the guy who... <laughs> yeah. The guy who wrote The Witcher... Uh, the books came out and said, he says, quote, I was more than happy with Henry Cavill's appearance as the Witcher. He's a real professional. Just as Viggo Mortensen gave his vo- his face to Aragorn, so Henry gave it to Geralt, and it shall be forever so. Wow, that is high praise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job with it. I thought it was very... Uh, the only thing that I didn't like about it, but I also understood and just kind of dealt with, is the order of the story... And I, because I think that's the problem that a lot of people have is that instead of going in a typical chronological order of events, everyone's story is told at the same time, but everybody's story is happening at different points in a timeline. So when you're seeing Yennefer's stuff, that is the past. When you're seeing Geralt's stuff, that is like, the kind of near past and then when we, you're seeing did we just say gerald we yeah. did unfortunately sorry <laughs> the wrong <laughs> jenna mistake here sometimes i call Jenna jenna it's bad and uh <laughs> and then when you see uh the the girl's um story is that's like the present that is what's currently happening i like that all the characters had names except the girl because i always want to call her cersei and i know it's not cersei that's not her name and i know that that's why i've stopped attempting to figure because i want to say cersei so badly and then i'm like cc i was like no that's not right yeah so the first episode happens um nilfgaard invades and takes over this country essentially kills a bunch of people then there's a bunch of timelines that are way in the past compared to that moment and they all kind of converge at the end of the series so like it flips to yennefer's bits and when she's being taken in to be taught magic that's like 70 years before the invasion and like Geralt's stuff with renfrey is like 30 years before the invasion that's like all these different and they don't explicitly tell you what timeline you're looking at you kind of have to feel it out yeah, it's that I think that's one of the most interesting things about the show is when like you see a character die and then like three episodes later they walk into a scene you're like, "Oh, yeah. That's where we are in the timeline. That's yep. really interesting." You're like, "This is what we're doing now." Okay. Derek was telling me that it took to like the 5th episode before we finally actually realized that there were multiple timelines. Yeah. Well, I think that's exactly what he referenced was the somebody mm-hmm. that was dead just walking back into a room and be like, "Uh, Wait, wait, Come hold again? on. Hello? 
I, I I had a lot of hints of it when they during I think it was the third episode because that's the one that he's killing the like or trying to uh, break the curse on the the uh, incest baby, and while he's doing that, the uh, Yennefer goes into court and you see the the king and queen of the incest baby as children. Because it oh, happened yeah, so yeah, far yeah, in the yeah. past. And they were like, oh, hey, so-and-so, stop bothering your sister. And I was like, wait, isn't so-and-so the name of the, the, the king? And then I realized, I was like, oh, we're on, like, timeline shit. Got it. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my tip-off point. I was like, okay, okay, I see what's going on now. Really? It's, kind of, it's kind of broken up all over the place. There's one through line, which is, like, a series story that goes mm-hmm. kind of straight through. And then the overall plot is... The child of destiny, I get, or like the child of surprise, child getting yeah, to, <laughs> getting child to girls, motherfucker. And it's like the destiny of for them to be together, not what, together, together, but like together. Does it match up with the games at all? So the only thing that I know about is that there during the scene of that, there's um, a hero. His name is Geralt. The, during the scene that or Geralt. Geralt is fighting uh, the uh, or trying to break the curse of the incest baby. There are shots of that fight that are shot like it is verbatim what happened in the video game cutscene. It is exactly the same. And I was very impressed by that. I don't know anything else about the games, but I saw someone that actually like cut up the two things and put them side by side and you just watch it happen and you're like, wow, they literally did just pull this straight from the game and do it in, in real life. And that's really cool. From what I, from what I understand, most of the show all takes place before the game timelines. Okay. You know, they, there's they, some stuff that comes through, but you know, they interviewed Henry Cavill and asked him, like about video games and whether he preferred to play on Xbox or or PlayStation, and he said PC. Yeah, yeah. a man of and class. He's a, yeah, he's a, he was he talking plays about the two World games Warcraft. that he yeah he plays World of Warcraft and he plays Overwatch. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Who's his main though? <laughs> <laughs> I I found it very funny the story about how he missed the phone call from Zack Snyder about being Superman because he was in the middle of a raid in WoW, in WoW and he saw that it was Zack Snyder and then had to stop, like, he was like, oh, I'll call him back after the raid and then called him back and was just like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, you're going to be Superman. And he's like, oh, cool, sweet. No, no big deal. No big deal. He also took the uh, armor from the Witcher. He, he just took all of the armor of, like, of his costume, and he just has it in his house now. And he's like, yep, this is now mine. And I also... when you say take, you mean they gave it to him. Oh, no. Like, apparently they were, he was supposed to give it back to the prop guy, and he just never did. He's okay, like, here's this the is thing. mine. They will sue him if he's not allowed to have it, though. <laughs> this isn't like, ooh, what a fun prank. That costs a lot of money, and if it's not his, they'll get it back. That's true. I also read somewhere that uh, apparently... Uh, his muscles kept destroying the armor and they had to keep repairing it. And I was Man. just like, how fucking swole do you have to be that you are breaking the armor that you're wearing? It's pretty swole. For some reason, I was watching this, like, the first episode and it made me want to go back and watch Castlevania again. Don't know why. Nothing for you. Yeah, don't know oh, why. No. 
Um, anything else? Anybody got anything else? Other movies? Other things they've watched? Nothing? Good. No. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> hey, uh, additionally, if you get a chance to check out our other podcast, other podcasts, other things we do on our podcast, we have the Expanding Horizons Book Club podcast. We just wrapped up our third episode, which, uh, Alex, what did you guys read? We read The Beekeeper's Promise by Fiona Dolby. By We Read. I mean, me and Abe. And that's it. <laughs> I'm dying. Just the two of us. Aww. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's uh, basically like historical fiction, um, takes place in France, two stories. It takes place in France during world war two and then also modern day. So it's like two parallel stories. So it's pretty, not, pretty neat. Not to get into spoilers, but what did they promise the bees? Um, <laughs> he actually has an answer to this cause he told me the promise. Yeah. I mean, the beekeeper's promise is essentially like staying true to yourself and having inner strength. That's so that kind of stuff. boring. I was hoping it'd be something about honey <laughs> or like bees. It's not the bees promise. <laughs> well, bees! It's the promise a that a beekeeper made. <laughs> to just, the bees, I She assumed. just happened to be a beekeeper. That's she was making so, a promise to some other people. That's so boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so check out that book <laughs> and that so podcast. Check it out. <laughs> check it out. Pretty good. Check out that most recent. I'll say um, it is the highest rated book of the book club podcast so far. Yeah, because you had two people wise. giving us a puppy. Yeah, there was no thumbs downs. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so anyway, check that out. Uh, you can also go to our website, check out some of our old podcasts. We also have some content that we have posted up there. Um, thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.